Welcome to Closer Than You Think. I am Mark Scott. I have been an ordained pastor, youth leader, public school educator, and volunteer mentor in the juvenile justice system. I have served at every level of pre-K through 12 public education in multiple roles, including teacher, assistant principal, and principal. And I am a published author. Most importantly, in addition to all of my experience, I am dad to two daughters, and I have seen the enormous influence that religious and educational institutions have on people firsthand. Much of my life's work is aimed at reforming and simplifying the systems of church and school to positively impact the next generation. I want to help people to find simpler, freer ways to authentic faith and learning, because I believe God is closer than you think. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, I'm so glad you're here and that you returned for part two of the interview with Lindsay. If you have not listened to part one, I suggest that you go back and listen to that first. We build on some of the stuff we talked about there. But let's jump right into the conclusion of my interview with Lindsay. Okay, so I kind of put you on the spot asking you for advice to parents and you're not a parent. But uh, so this is going to be hopefully a little bit more comfortable because you're just going to speak straight from your experience. So let's start with the school system first. So um, in your experience through going through the school system, what um, what was that like in terms of what helped you and what hindered the process of you finding your voice, establishing your identity kind of? Um, being able to express who you are. Okay. Um, what helped and hindered my voice in in school? So similar, I think, to um, kind of what we've been talking about, just having that individuality and recognizing that and being present in in someone else's life. Like that was kind of a focus for me in high school where honestly I felt that like that was probably something that was lacking and it may be because I didn't like feel that I was getting that at home as much and so I was kind of looking for that in school um and I think there were a lot of my teachers who I knew that I I trusted I that I could go to and like I would probably eat lunch in one of my teachers rooms like every day, maybe it was a different teacher, but, um, you know, I'd hop between a couple, um, and just get to like, talk to them. Um, but then there, I just felt honestly, like kind of lonely at some times. And so I think that's one thing that maybe, I don't know if it hindered or pushed me to like, because I, I was feeling like it's like me against the world, almost like if that, strengthen my voice because I'm, you know, sitting alone with my own thoughts. And that's Mm. at the end of the day, who do I have me? (laughs) So maybe it was something that kind of like enforced kind of what I thought for myself. But I think one of the 
definitely one of the things that helped was having teachers that you could trust and who were invested in you as a person and not just as a student, but how are you doing personally and not, not just in school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I'm talking to people about this, <clears throat> I bring up this survey. Uh, it was called the my voice survey by the Pearson foundation. It's a little bit dated now. It's about almost 10 years old. Excuse me. <clears throat> And it was over 56,000 students, grades 6 through 12, so pretty comprehensive. Um, and what they found was that it was 52%, so about half of them said that they felt like their teachers were willing to learn from them, like listen to them as well, and then about half didn't. Um, where did you, what, did, what was your experience like uh, with that? Do you feel like teachers... Uh, wanted to learn and listen to you and, and respect that you had a voice as well or not so much. And um, yeah, what was your, your thought on that? What's your reaction to that? Like that survey result. Mm, so in high school, um, I didn't feel like I um, like in my classes, I don't think that I necessarily like had to like there's you know I'm receiving instruction it's not my place to like you know have a voice here I felt definitely comfortable like asking questions and being like engaged in whatever lesson it was but um like in a classroom setting I didn't think that like there was really even a place for my voice necessarily um because just the structure of it, you know, is mm -hmm. I'm receiving this and I'm supposed to do as told or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. follow these rules in the classroom. Um, but um, one thing that would have liked to see a little bit more of is sometimes teachers leaning into like the uncomfortable things um, because you were saying like, where, where could there have been, I don't know, some maybe improvement. I think a lot of teachers probably listen to your podcast, hopefully. Um, and there was a time in high school where um, my sister was in the hospital and um, I had to be pulled out of school. And um, I don't know if like teachers really knew the details, but I think some of them did um, just because it was something that like, I might have have like, have to be out of school for a little while or yeah, it was big change um, with my sister being in the hospital. And obviously that, that took like, huge toll on my family. So that was the focus there. And then coming back to school and it's like, they knew something was going on, but like nobody addressed it. And I don't know if like, that would have been maybe the role of a counselor to then like pull me in and sit, mm. like talk about it or something. Yeah. Um, but like, I probably wasn't even like that close with the counselor. Right. So, cause yeah. when, when do you talk to the counselor? Only when something is wrong, maybe, <clears> I don't know. Um, but like, I talked to my teachers every day and that would have been, I think, a place to, to just 
lean in a little more and mm. embrace and recognize like, Hey, I know that like something's going on and, and we're here for you too. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question. Yeah. That's, that's I don't know why I thought of that. <clears throat> Something that made me think. That's actually really good because if, if, if I'm hearing you right, then the practical piece there, like advice to teachers or people who work in schools is to be okay. Checking in with a student, like just be okay. <laughs> just going ahead and asking the question, like, is there anything you need? Or even, an, you know, I notice, I notice, this is mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, if you ever need anything, let me know, or I'm here. Like just something that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. That's good mm-hmm. to hear. I mean, that's good advice in the whole, like, what would you start doing? Stop doing, keep doing that. that that's good because uh, there's so many rules about relationships with mm-hmm. interactions with students mm-hmm. and <clears throat> uh, policies and things like that. So we're still human beings interacting with each other. Right. Same question, same idea, but instead of school systems, religious systems. So I don't know what your experience was like. I don't know if you um, attended churches or other religious systems or faith, um, you know, what what that looked like for you. But um, in that area growing up, what was that like for you in terms of how did it affect who you came to be or the beliefs you started to form. Okay. So we talked a little bit about this earlier, just that my parents both had very religious parents. And so that kind of pushed them um, from making it, I think a, a core part of the way we were raised. Um, And so with my my dad. So he would say his father is an alcoholic. He would say that his father was addicted to alcohol and his mother's addiction was the church. And Mm. so that to him, I guess he didn't want, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him. Um, but it was never a priority for him to take us to church and actually hearing him speak at my sister's wedding last year was like the confirmation for me that he does believe in God because Mm -hmm. it was part of his speech. And I was like, honestly surprised to hear it Um, because it's just not something. And like, we used to pray as kids um, at night, we had our prayers that we would say with our dad, um, that, you know, that eventually fizzled out whenever he stopped tucking us into bed every night. But yeah. then I was just, I don't know if that's changed. Cause we also, you know, talk about things change, people change, beliefs change. Um, and then at my mom's house. So my dad would send us to church with my, with his mom, um, sometimes. And so that was my exposure there until we moved, um, to this area in third grade. Um, and so my mom also would take us to church, but she never had like a steady, um, a, a steady church, a steady place, a community. My mom, um, also she, like my family, I think they were so focused on just like survival and raising the kids and feeding the kids that there wasn't a lot, I guess, you know, food and shelter. And as long as they had that, then 
like that's that's maybe the most that they could do there wasn't actually i think a big enough focus on really raising human people and so we weren't i don't think raised with like like this is what our family believes this is these are our core values we we've value love respect truth like these are all things that i had to figure out what was important to me later on in life and i think honestly, it's why my siblings and I, we are all so different is because we had to figure out on our own what is important to us. And I think, yes, that's everybody. Everybody has to do that, have that discernment of like, where, where am I going to fall into the world, this life, but without guidance from our parents that all that it all ended up in a very different place because what's important to to them wasn't translated because it it almost stopped at like okay we fed you and we got you to school and like they they were great at providing for us and I'm very very thankful for all that I got to do as a kid and now even, but, um, I wish that they had had more, um, I don't know, had shared more of like what they believe and what they think is important in life. So my mom took us to church, um, but it was never anything like consistent either. And so then in high school, um, I was the one like asking my parents, are we going to go to church this weekend? Um, and there was like, I didn't, I never asked that at my dad's house because, um, honestly he, you know, once I had a car, it was like, I never even saw them. Um, (laughs) and so I could just go do whatever I wanted anyway. Um, but before when I was like freshman, sophomore age, I would go to church and I would go to church. Sometimes I bring a friend, um, and this friend, she was also the, uh, chaplain of bluebells. And then, we had like a little core group of like five of us girls and it was her and I and another girl who was um, very vocally agnostic or I don't think that atheist was like her necessary, like was her approach to it. But then um, another girl who also what didn't have like a strong faith and um another girl who then ended up like going off the rails in another direction. Um, so it's just like, no one had like strong beliefs except for the one agnostic girl. And so, um, then my friend and I who went to church together and she was the chaplain of bluebells, then she started questioning things, you know, which I think is good. Um, because then you really find out what you believe and not just, and this is like where I know I want to like the things that I would do differently raising my kids. is like, I want them to, to what I was kind of saying earlier about community and family. Like there are different approaches. There are different beliefs. And I want them to know that there is that there are options like there, there's not just one way about this and you have to decide for yourself what you believe and what is true for you. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, church. So my friend who was the chaplain then became agnostic as well, stopped going to church. Um, like 
left her position, I guess, as chaplain. I don't remember if it was like she she just like I think it was like a conflict for her. She was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Um, or if it was like a transition at the end of the year and she just didn't do it again the next year. I don't really remember. Um, but it's funny because people change and then those two girls, the two agnostic girls in my little friend circle, they started questioning, what do I believe? Is this really, is this really what is true? And now the two of them are both Catholic. Oh, (laughs) the opposite belief systems. And I think what, what I've talked to, to, you know, talk to them about like what changed for them is really figuring out and trying to decide what is true and what makes sense and and it's just I don't know funny how like if you had asked in high school if like the three of us and it's funny they both ended up with like people from high school people that we knew in high school they both got married this year um and if you had asked like us in high school, if the three of us would end up with somebody in high school getting married in a Catholic church, if you put money on it, you'd be the richest person in the world because (laughs) nobody would have ever thought. And then, you know, I'm dating somebody from high school and he's Catholic too. So it's just a funny way that I don't know if the world works out. I don't want to probe into your relationship or get personal. So I'm just going to ask a simple yes, no question. Do you, do you talk about that? you in your new relationship do you talk about uh faith much or upbringing or are the differences between like catholic catholicism and other things um so we do because this is like i didn't see any point in entering the relationship if that was going to be something that ended it you know who knows how far down the road couple months couple years ever and like i think it's also super important to to know what you're getting yourself into because if this is forever if we're going to be raising kids together then how do we want to do that and he's catholic i'm not so that was one of the first on our first date i asked him like would you be open to and okay with marrying someone and raising kids with someone not just you know spending your life but bringing up other people into the world who with someone who doesn't share necessarily all of the things, yeah. all the beliefs that you do. And that's what I was kind of talking about earlier. I think it's important. And I think it would be a great plate or like a great foundation to raise kids with between two people who don't agree on everything because mm-hmm. they, that's one. And it's not like a problem, I think, but it's something that I think a lot of people don't consider is if we raise our kids telling them what we believe and only what we believe, and they don't have any exposure to any other, other option out there, then Mm -hmm. they don't, and if they don't have the, the choice, the option, the opportunity to find out what they believe themselves. And then that's where you get to be 15, 19, 25 years old lost and not having that voice of what I do believe and and is this really my belief or was it something that somebody told me to believe you know Mm, and so I think that's like one of the most important things and that's why I asked him from the get-go is this something you would be okay with I do kind of think that like you know 
that could change if people change things change and like I think also with time you figure out like okay yes this is doable for me or this is something that I do or don't want and that can always change but it is something that we talk about because it's yeah. something that I find I think it's really important yeah yeah good for you for bringing it up so so soon that's um wow a couple of different things there uh one I think I totally agree with you that questioning is essential like it's not just um a supplemental part to the process or something that, well, you might question some things here and there stuff. No, it's, it's like essential. It's like, it's critical that you go through a questioning process of what you're being taught and what values are being uh, passed down. One of my posts that's coming out soon is um, about this idea of questioning and how important it is to, uh, that we allow for that to happen, not only allow it, but encourage it. Encourage it. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's also too, like, I think that's how you, how you get to be so like firm in your beliefs and because you question and you've thought, is this really something that I subscribe to? Is this really something that I believe in deep down, you know, like, and without that, you don't have, I think that strong sense of faith or belief. And honestly, it's something that I still I'm working on as a 25 year old because I didn't have any like guidance in that direction or encouragement to question things because there was never really even the, the foundation. And so, so my whole life, it's been like, these are questions that maybe I didn't even know I had because no one was pushing me to like, to ask those questions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, a, a, like ignorance almost like you just, you don't know what you don't know. And so then whenever, and it, it, if it's not important to somebody around you, then you're not going to, without that exposure, it's not going to be important to you. So eventually coming into like my own, I, I started asking the questions myself. And so still just trying to figure out and navigate that sometimes. And that's, something that I don't know if I'll ever get there to have like a very strong faith, but it's, it was never, I think on the horizon without, without those questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One other thing that you made me think of is I used to do um, premarital counseling with couples and we'd go through different topics and, and things like that. And a lot of times when there came to certain topics um, like, how are we going to divide up certain responsibilities or uh, finances or, or religion, you know, in particular, the, that idea, a lot of times it's easy for young couples to say, well, it's, it's, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it and we'll, we'll discuss it later, or that's not really a big issue. We're okay with having the different beliefs and stuff, which I think, like you said, you can do that. Like that can be a healthy way that two people can, um, collaborate with each other and stuff and and not believe the same things. But what I would always stress to them is, okay, now let's pretend that you're about to have a kid because even if you don't think you have strong feelings about it, uh, your parents and other relatives mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. your faith community or mm-hmm. whatever, they're going to have strong feelings about it. So you're going to have to make a decision. Are we going to baptize the child? Are we not going to, mm-hmm. are we going to attend this? Are we going to attend that? Are we, you know, um, and it just makes it real 
like really fast, you have to like talk through it in a, in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. You, you have said three words in particular several times during this conversation. Um, so I'm going to come back to those in a second, uh, to close us out, but let me ask you this last question then. So in this whole process of what you're talking about now, is there such a thing as God's voice? Is there God? Is there uh, God's voice? Is there divine guidance? Um, and there's no, let me just assure you right now, this is me listening. This There's no right or wrong answer to this. There's this is, um, So go ahead. What are your thoughts? Is there such thing as God's voice? Yeah. Does God speak in some way? I think for anyone who, who that is their truth, there is a God. And no matter the, the nuances of what you believe about God, I think there, the, the point of it all is that guidance, right? And so are you hearing it in your head? Are you seeing signs in, you know, the leaves of the trees or whatever? Maybe, maybe that's something that you're looking for and you want to see, but I do think that there is, there is a voice and, and then that, that people are, are looking for. And, and I do think that it is there. Yes. That, that, that God does have a voice and he is pushing everyone into what he would want for us. Right. And so whether you hear it or, or you don't recognize it, maybe like just because you don't hear it doesn't mean it's not there, I think. And I think that's something that like, I have probably been, um, where I've probably existed for so long, just because I haven't had a super strong faith, you know, and it's not like I don't, or maybe even relationship with God. And so where I kind of like am seeing it now is parallels. And I don't know if this is a bad thing to do, but like parallels in mm, the way I live my life and the way that God would want people to live their life, I guess, because what really like, honestly is pushing me right now towards a relationship with God is, um, the way that I want to love people. And that's always, always, always been so important to me. But, um, I, I don't want to make this about like boys, but <laughs> like <laughs> last year I dated this guy who is just so, um, not receptive of like love and, it made the, the parallel that I'm drawing here is like the way that God loves people, whether they're receptive of it or not, you know, his like, it's doesn't matter to him. If you are, if you're hearing that voice or if you're going to like, to accept that and be open to it, it's just no matter what, there's going to be that love there. And, And it's how I felt like that I like saw just how I want to love people. It, it doesn't matter if like, 
if they're open to it or receptive to it and it makes it hard. And that's what actually I think is drawing me to, to God now is that it is hard to do. And I can like, it's just, I don't know, an amazing kind of love. I think that even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't hear his voice, that he is there no matter what, because it's hard to do that. And it, for, for us. So the fact that he would do that for everybody is, is amazing. And I just, I don't know that like, even if you don't hear it doesn't mean it's not there, I guess. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, stirred up a lot of like i mean uh, i'm hoping that you're like thinking of all these things like wow just different angles of of talking about about all these things um okay so to close us out um thank you so much for uh, taking all this time and and having a great conversation you mentioned love respect and truth those are the three words that i heard multiple times over it mm-hmm. um and so what i want to say kind of in closing is I think um, it it's interesting because part of me, like in what you just described in, in your journey, um, you were talking about, well, there wasn't really this religious influence necessarily, or there wasn't this direction or what happened with the, the group, the, the girls that were in bluebells or your parents, <laughs> things like that. And yet here we are, here you are, at 25 and you have landed at love, respect, and truth. Like you have these values, these principles that have risen up to the top as like kind of guiding, but, but you arrive there and I'm not so sure. Um, like, I guess what I'm saying is I don't doubt that that actually is God speaking and leading you uh, to that to that place. And sometimes we're wanting God to show up in very structured ways or very specific ways that we've defined because of our religious structures um, and things. Um, not that there's not a time and place for that, that that can be good and productive as well. But my whole point, that's the whole theme. That's the reason this is called closer than you think is because my conviction is that God is closer than you think most of the time. And we're just not necessarily sensing it in that way but like love respect and truth those three things like this is probably true for most world religions um but i can speak to what i know the most about and that is um if you said you know what can we summarize jesus as and somebody said well love respect and truth you'd you'd be on the money you know what i mean like that's Mm -hmm. yeah that would be right there so um I think through all of that, that you have that, those themes keep coming up is evidence that of, of how God is working in different ways. And so, um, this has been great for me. This has been very encouraging to hear you and listen to this and, uh, gives me a lot to process and, um, I really appreciate it. So thank you for, for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. It means a lot to me, and I appreciate any way you can support this podcast and promote our other resources. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend. 
Subscribe on Substack to get full access to the newsletter and website for all articles, posts, and episodes at closerthanyouthink.substack.com. There you will find a kit, K-I-T, offering knowledge for your head, inspiration for your heart, and tools for your hands in order to help you construct or reconstruct a vibrant faith grounded in freedom in Christ that is worth passing on to the next generation. Follow me on Twitter at Mark J. Scott, that's M-A-R-C-J-S-C-O-T-T, on Instagram at Closer Than You Think underscore 114, and on our new Facebook page at Closer Than You Think. Finally, you can buy my book, You Don't Have to Do That, for a discounted price directly from the publisher at outskirtspress.com forward slash you don't have to do that, or find it anywhere books are sold. Thanks so much. Have a blessed day and act with grace and simplify faith.